One thing we know from 2020 is that there is a rising tide of consciousness in our society, resulting in the very real need for businesses to lead with greater purpose and intention. That's why two marketing and communications firms with a shared commitment to social consciousness have joined forces to create the Responsible Brand Toolkit. The two companies are Riggs Partners based in Columbia, South Carolina, and Very Nice based in Los Angeles, California. The Toolkit is a free open source curriculum designed to teach businesses, nonprofit organizations, foundations, and social enterprises how to build high impact brands. The Responsible Brand Toolkit is available for viewing at www.responsiblebrand.com. Today's interview is with Teresa Coles, co-author of the Responsible Brand Toolkit, and also the president of Riggs Partners. Teresa, tell us a little about your educational background and when you first started in communications. My love of communications really started in college. I'm a proud Clemson Tiger, and um, I was an English major back in the day before they even had a marketing major, so I had to piece together um, that type of marketing and communications uh, coursework. And uh, I have remained very involved uh, with my alma mater and joyfully. And I have the opportunity to uh, do guest lectures from time to time, which I really enjoy. And I always tell the students, and I've, I really believe this to be true, that no important problem in the world or issue in the world can be effectively solved without communications. And I always point that out to them because I believe that uh, in so many cases these days, um, the art of communications can be overlooked. It is very important. Um, it is a professional calling. Um, it is work that matters when it's channeled in the, in the appropriate way. I really uh, enjoy bringing that sensibility to my work every day at the firm and working with our clients and certainly in, in mentoring young people. Tell me when and why you started Riggs and a little bit of the evolution of, of Riggs over the years. Sure. Uh, the interesting backstory on the firm is that it actually started on October 19th, 1987 on Black Monday. So just think about that from a business standpoint, 32 years ago on the worst day you could ever open a, a business. But Kathy Rig Manetti was a brave soul and a very talented one and um, opened up the business. And the work of the firm under her leadership was known and recognized uh, for many, many years for its creative product. That's really um, where our reputation was strongest. Uh, what a lot of people didn't understand is that the caliber of that creative product was based in a great deal of strategic thinking. We evolved over the years in the 90s to become more of an integrated marketing and communications firm. Certainly, we have grown into that over the last uh, you know, 20 years or so. We made the decision uh, a few years ago, given our passion for helping clients um, build very conscious brands, to step out and establish a specialization in helping clients build responsible brands. Yeah, so it's, it's not necessarily a new term. Like there's been, uh, I know for the last decade or so, there's been an effort to kind of get co companies to think about their, their role in the community, their vision. And, and, you know, 
a couple of years, uh, maybe a decade ago, there's this term about corporate social responsibility. So I, I did want to talk a little bit about when did this start and what's been the evolution of this term of corporate responsibility. Corporate social responsibility really began to creep into mainstream business in the 70s um, and 80s, really with an emphasis more on corporate philanthropy. Um, a lot of, uh, in particular, larger organizations uh, viewed it as their responsibility to give back to the community, and in many ways that was expressed philanthropically. Um, as you really came into the 90s, I would say, there became a greater emphasis on not just giving to the community, but in helping uh, one's employees learn what it was to be a good corporate citizen. Um, and many times that was manifested through um, leadership's commitment to helping employees do things like serve on boards, giving them opportunities for corporate volunteerism during the job and those types of things. And um, it has, it's certainly, it certainly reached a pivot point, I would say, after the Great Recession. We know shortly after uh, those, that dark time, that study after study after study showed that um, as a result of the recession, that both consumers and employees were looking at the brands that they supported and the organizations they worked for with a much greater level of discernment. Um, and that over the last 10 years is when you really started hearing so much more about employee engagement. It's certainly corporate culture has been around for some time, but I would say that whereas, you know, back in the, the 90s when Jim Collins wrote his seminal work on corporate culture, very much that was viewed as a nice to do and for the Fortune 500 set. That is not the case today. Um, and certainly with COVID, you have seen that awareness of leading organizations with a great deal of intentionality and being expert in how one um, nurtures an effective and positive and purpose-driven culture to be paramount. It's really gone from a nice-to-do into a business imperative because people understand, particularly in the days we live in now, that um, what a company stands for and the way it conducts itself in and amongst its employees and customers and how it conducts itself in the marketplace and in the world for a larger organization matters. It is, uh, it's under a microscope. I believe that's a good thing, mm -hmm. quite frankly. Um, and because I believe that um, more and more businesses are rightfully so, putting the right types of resources in place to build healthier workforces and workplace environments. And when they do that, again, data tells us that when you have employees that understand what the organization stands for and why the organization is doing the types of things that it's doing, that they're going to have greater satisfaction there. They're going to come to work with a higher sense of intentionality and passion about their work. And again, um, I've, I've had many conversations with folks over the last few months, and um, certainly everyone has acknowledged that the stronger your culture was coming into COVID, the, the stronger you have uh, sustained yourself during that time. For 
organizations like ours who are in the communications business, I also think what you're seeing is much greater emphasis on internal communications. Um, when, we, when we thought about brand marketing in the olden days, we had a tendency to think about brand marketing as external, um, as, a, as being communications that really focused on the marketplace. But now more than ever, um, leaders understand that they have to have a very well-defined and purposeful vision that they know how to clearly articulate with their employees, with their customers, and with all of their other stakeholders. And that ultimately is the mark of great leadership. Tell me about the origins of the, I love the sounds of it, the responsible brand toolkit. Tell me about the origins. And there seems to be a nice um, story in, involved with the creation of this tool um, in collaborating with another uh, organization. So talk a little bit about the responsible brand toolkit. We all know, and as per our conversation here, there's no shortage of the dialogue that's going on about what it means to uh, develop a, a socially conscious brand, one that not only looks at the bottom line, but looks at how that organization can, um, can deliver good impact uh, to, to the world and to the community. And so we wanted to do more than just talk about it. We wanted to put some tools and practices in place that could help businesses of any size under, begin to understand the types of, of processes that are necessary to go through in really, in really going after this type of goal. So we partnered with um, a longtime uh, firm uh, out in Los Angeles called Very Nice. They have been creative on partners with us for many years. We've always uh, said to each other that we feel we have a lot of shared DNA in terms of our shared interest in, in doing work that matters and helping clients really um, build brands that are socially conscious. That firm now actually specializes in building instructional toolkits as one of their areas of specialization, I should say. So it seemed a very natural fit to partner with them and to really leverage their expertise in building instructional toolkits to codify some of these practices. We have looked at uh, practices that both firms have long used with our respective clients and put them together in a step-by-step -step toolkit, again, that can help um, organizations uh, build upon or exercises that help illuminate and start to show a path toward building an effective culture, an effective business strategy that has elements of corporate social responsibility built into it. And then as an extension of that, how you deliver and shape uh, an effective brand strategy platform that does uh, a, an effective job in telling that story and delivering it to the marketplace. How do businesses use the Responsible Brand Toolkit? Where can they find it? Um, we have uh, a microsite uh, dedicated to the toolkit and to the practice of Responsible Brand. Um, that is responsiblebrand.com. So all you have to do is go to that website. It's a downloadable PDF that goes step-by-step step through the exercises in corporate culture, business strategy, and brand marketing. And the culmination of the kit 
is what we call a brand canvas. And that brings together all of the results from the exercises that you go through. And uh, literally on, on a sheet of paper, if you will, you then see a framework for what it means to um, be able to articulate what you stand for culturally, where and how you are embedding elements of corporate social responsibility into your business strategy, and how you're shaping your external brand message. And when all of those things come together, certainly the intent is for all of those things to be aligned. You think about, if you think about the way um, an organization may express itself through its brand externally, if that is not in alignment with its vision and purpose and core values, something is wrong there. So a lot of the toolkit is dedicated to illuminating the connection that exists between these three elements or the trifecta, as we call it. Um, it's 52 pages. Um, it is a lot of information. We also have an addendum to that um, that are downloadable uh, big posters that people can use um, with groups within their organization. And of course, um, if you're a large organization or if you're a small organization, you may use the toolkit in different ways. We know that for a large organization, an initiative of this magnitude is going to involve more people than it would were you a small organization or a startup enterprise, if you will. And for large organizations, the toolkit can be a very effective rudder or, or guidepost in helping them um, look at how to organize groups to work through these processes. For smaller organizations that have um, a more condensed leadership, they may be able to go through the exercises in, again, smaller groups and may be able to um, implement the outcomes uh, of those exercises a little bit faster than a larger organization might be able to. But it's the same process regardless of, of size. Is this toolkit just for Fortune 500 companies, Fortune 100 companies? Uh, why does it matter to small and medium-sized businesses? Many people tend to think of corporate social responsibility as being the realm of the Fortune 500 set. And nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, that is a big pet peeve of mine. Those organizations have known how important this is for quite some time. But today, small businesses have to understand that the game has changed, that it's no longer effective to just put a good product out there at a competitive price, deliver it from a marketing standpoint uh, to the marketplace effectively. And a big driver for that has to do with the workplace and the new workplace expectations that have arisen over the past you know, 10 years or so from, from the millennial workforce. And it's not just them, um, but certainly they have been a, a catalyst for that. We know after the recession, and we certainly know in the COVID area that people's expectations of their employer in terms of the workplace environment um, the types of values that that employer holds or does not hold, that all of those things are directly attached to um, an employee's uh, choice of where to work, um, their engagement 
in where they work, their satisfaction, and their retention. When you look at that intentionality, uh, leading an organization from a purpose-driven standpoint, articulating that from the inside out, standing for something, and delivering that promise in the marketplace, all of those things now are an imperative because it has that demand, if you will, has started internally. And if your employees don't feel good about who you are, what you and what you stand for, then you run the risk of not being able to attract the type of talent you want, of keeping them engaged and satisfied, and running the risk of um, retention. And that's when it becomes a matter of economics. Making sure that you have that cultural foundation well established and that it is connected to the business strategy and it's connected to the brand strategy matters for every size business, even the dry cleaner down the street. Um, and again, it's all wrapped up in what the expectations are, uh, are coming from uh, the younger workforce. Tell me a little bit, a little bit about uh, maybe early wins, early successes. What's the engagement been like with the site? Mm -hmm. And what impact, you know, are you, are you getting some feedback in terms of impact it's having on businesses? We are thrilled that we have had well over 800 downloads of the kit from, from people in over 65 countries. That's really the surprising okay. part of this for us. What we're doing now is beginning the process of establishing some instructional Q&A sessions. And the point there is to uh, create a community of users who are studying these practices, who want to become more effective in facilitating their organization through corporate culture development, through socially conscious thinking as it pertains to, to business strategy, and then ultimately crafting the external brand strategy. We are getting really good returns um, in terms of people being interested in these Q&A sessions. Our goal uh, by the summer is to start developing and delivering some workshop sessions, either for specific companies that may want to go through it or for a cohort of professionals who may want to do some train the trainer mm -hmm. types of exercises through that. So again, with the toolkit, we wanted to do um, a lot more than just talk about what it means to be a responsible brand. We wanted to teach it. What are you most proud of in terms of its execution and, and what it offers the world? I'm most proud of with this toolkit, just the fact that we put it out there, that we shared it. Um, again, these are practices that we have worked very hard on over the years. And um, I, I tell people this all the time, as, as marketers, you're taught to protect your ideas. And what I have found in my career is that when you, when you make the decision to put ideas out there that you believe have merit and value in the world, that that will come back to you for good. Um, we certainly saw that practice applied um, when we created our Create-A-Thon program. We did that program for about five years here in Columbia, and then we made the decision to start inviting other agencies 
throughout the country and in the world um, to, to be creative on partners with us. And never in a million years did we imagine that it would have the kind of breadth and depth that that program has had. Um, and I view this as, as somewhat similar. And um, I think it is part of the culture of our firm to put big ideas out there in the world. So much so that our purpose statement as a firm is that powerful ideas change things. And that's really, this is really all part of us demonstrating what our purpose is all about.